The book of Judges is written as a predecessor to the beginning of the first king, indicative of the fact that you have judges, which would be like senators. You did not have a king because God was the king. Samson is the 12th judge over Israel. He's the 12th judge over Israel. 12 itself is the number of authority or government. That's why when you see God establishing Israel, he used the 12 sons of Jacob. That's why when Jesus set up his kingdom on earth, he picked 12 disciples. 12 is the number of government indicative of the fact that there is rulership and Samson is the 12th judge over Israel. He is born of Manoah. He is a Nazarite by birth. A Nazarite is to enter into a sacred vow with God that says as an indication of the vow that's in my heart, there is an outer sign to an inner covenant. The vow is in the heart, the sign is in the outer members, much like circumcision. It was not the covenant, it was a sign of the covenant. The growing of the hair is not the covenant, it is a sign of the covenant. It is indicative of the fact that the heart of the Nazarite belongs to God. And as long as the hair grows, it is an outer sign of an inner covenant much like speaking in tongues is an outer sign of an inner dwelling of the Holy Ghost. The tongues are not the ghosts. They are a sign that the ghost exists inside the house. Oh, you don't hear what I'm saying. Notice that whenever God sets up an invisible covenant, he always gives an outer sign so that the external may be apprised that the internal is in covenant with God. Either it was circumcision, or it was with the Nazarites' long hair, or it is with the spirit-filled speaking in tongues. These are all outer signs of inner covenants. You will appreciate this truth when you read the 15th verse and you see that she couldn't do anything with his outer sign until he told her all his heart. For the hair was an outer sign of the condition of the heart. Samson being the 12th judge over, can I take my time this morning? Samson being the 12th judge over Israel enters into a covenant, takes a Nazarite vow and exists amongst, amongst the Philistines. Now, the Philistines the Philistine, or the Philistinian people were different from the Canaanite people. The Israelites were forbidden to marry the Canaanite people. About seven different tribes of people that existed in Canaan, of which they were forbidden to marry. The Philistines were not one of them. They were not forbidden to marry them, but it, they were well advised to stay amongst their own people. Not for racial purity, but for spiritual purity. God separated the children of Israel from other people so that you would not marry people who did not have the same values and ideas that you do. So while it is not cursed to marry a Philistine, you would be unequally yoked 
to marry somebody who does not look to the same God that you do to solve the issues of life. Paul picks this up in the New Testament that says, be not unequally yoked, believers with unbelievers, not that you're any better than them. We have the same trouble that they do, but we go to a different place for help. Now, the conundrum that, that Samson finds himself in is predicated upon the fact that Samson, who is at war with the Philistines, has fallen in love with a Philistinian woman, and he marries his, his wife was a Philistine. Isn't that interesting? Now Samson is married. You don't hear people talking about Samson being married, but Samson was a married man. He had married a Philistinian woman, and he was married to what he hated. Hmm. How can you be at war with the people and then marry the people you're at war with? Here we have the first glimpse of the inner conflict that exists in the mighty man. Oh yes, he's strong. You're distracted by his physical strength, his dexterity, his ability, his might, his impact, and his force. You're distracted by the fact that he throws gates on the Philistines, that he is powerful, and you have imagined in your mind that he has some outward signs of strength, like biceps and triceps and bulging chest and strong arms. But I submit to you, my brothers and sisters, that that would be totally ridiculous to take an Arnold Schwarzenegger sort of guy and ask him, where does your strength come from? Samson operates in a strength that defies human logic. He doesn't look strong, he just is. <laughs> Ooh, I had to laugh at that a minute because there's some folk in here that don't look strong. They just are. They don't look rich. The accountant doesn't say that they're rich. The bookkeeper doesn't say that they're rich. But every time they need something, God supplies it for them. And they're operating in a strength that doesn't make any sense. And if somebody would look at where you live and look at what you drive, they would say, how can a person like you, making the money you make, live in a place like that? It doesn't make sense, and yet God does it because they're walking in supernatural favor. You've been praying, Lord, make me look strong. But when God blesses you, you don't have to look blessed to be blessed. You've been waiting on the numbers to match up with your vision. But when God blesses you, it may not make sense on paper, but it still happens in your life because the favor of God is on your life. I wish I had a witness in here. Oh, my God. It, it, it doesn't make any sense how God could bless you to prosper on a job doing something in which you have no degree. It doesn't make sense 
that you ended up married to a man that other women wanted who were cuter than you and yet God gave him to you. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense how you got that woman with all of that degree and all of that beauty and all of that poise and here you are cutting grass but God just gave you favor. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense that you used to be a tramp and a slut and now you're a missionary and a soul winner. It doesn't make sense how somebody could come where, from where you come from and end up where you're at. That's why the haters hate you because they don't understand how somebody who looks like you and came from where you came from could have what you have to God be the glory. For, no, 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 no. This is not a praise for everybody. This is a praise for people who have something that don't make sense to God. Still to come on The Potter's Touch. Delilah comes into his life as a temptress because he was tired. The temptress always comes to attack when you are tired. You've been praying against temptation, pray against tired. Are there any strong people in the house? The problem with being strong is that every strong person has a struggle. A secret vulnerability. Every strong person has a conflict. And we spend time here looking at Samson's conflict. Samson has married what he hated. And hated what he married. The contradictions of life. Oh, we call people hypocrites. But the person who's calling you a hypocrite is hypocritical in some area of their life. Something that you do doesn't match up with what you say. You're teaching nutrition and eating potato pie. You're teaching debt consolidation and your credit cards are maxed up. You're counseling somebody on raising children and your son went off to jail. There's something in your life that conflicts with your speech. He loved the Philistinian woman. He married the woman. The Philistines took the woman from him and gave him to his servant. And Samson was so angry when they took his woman, he went crazy. Men go crazy when you mess with their woman. Crazy. Even a cheating man goes I'm gonna mess with you, it's early. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make sure you wait. You're gonna stay with me today. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, he thinks it's all right for him, but when you come... Uh, 
Uh, Samson goes crazy because they messed with his woman. I know he was crazy because he went out there in the field and he set the tails of foxes on fire and burned up their crops. Said, you're going to pay for fooling with my woman. And the Philistines came out and saw that their fields were burned down. He hadn't just burned down their food. He had burned down their money because they had a barter society and they needed the crops to sell and buy. He had burned up their resources. They got mad. They killed his wife. They killed her. They killed her and her father. And Samson got hot and killed. 10,000 Philistines, he said, I will retaliate. His wife is dead. Her father is dead. He has fought back and retaliated. But for the next 20 years, he would rule over Israel with a hole in his chest, missing her, the smell of her perfume, the feel of her hair, the texture of her skin, the comfort of her love, the validation of her wisdom, the support of her affection. For 20 years, he was simply missing her. That aching place in his soul left a vulnerability that the Philistines plotted against him to his demise because they knew what he missed. We are not hungry for what we had enough of. You can never be tempted with that that you are full of. <laughs> you are tempted by that which you never got enough of. Selah. When I say Selah, I'm giving you a chance to think about that. Uh, weigh that against your struggle. What brought you to the point that you're at right now? Samson is in a, in a quandary. He's, a, he's in a crisis because now, instead of them sending chariots and horses and swords after him, they went out and hired a woman, a Philistinian woman. Something that was almost like what he lost. <laughs> you would almost think that he had restoration. That he was getting back what he lost. She was similar to his wife. But not her. She was Philistinian. But she was not her. She was close enough to intrigue him, but not enough to complete him. <laughs> Delilah. Uh, Delilah comes into his life as a temptress because he was tired. The temptress always comes to attack when you attack because he was tired desperately looking for some place to lay his head 
careful where you put your head. All the conditions don't have to be perfect for God to be glorified. Now let's go into the Word of God. And more importantly, let's let the Word of God go into us. Take a look at this. This particular night, while laying with his head in her lap, she asked him again, How can you say you love me? Listen at his bedroom talk. For he has told me all his heart. Remember, she couldn't get his hair till she got his heart. Don't watch the hair, watch the heart. Once she got the heart, the hair was no problem. Now he's laying in the lap of the fire, enjoying the light, but now the temperature has gotten hot. Somebody in here right now, you love that light, but that heat then got hot. Now, I want you to understand something. The Philistinian people come from a society, according to the subject, that part of their custom was the shaving of the head. The shaving of the head for the Philistines was indicative of the fact that they were original Philistinian people. Their custom is in total contradiction to the Hebrew custom, the Nazarite custom, that the growing of the hair is the sign of strength. The reason Samson is vulnerable to the Philistines is though the Philistines were not originally from Canaan, they had come to Canaan and learned the Semitic language. They spoke the Hebrew tongue, but they were not the Hebrew people. What I'm trying to tell you is that the devil always has somebody who can speak your language. But just because they speak your language and just because they jerk when you jerk and just because they dance when you dance doesn't mean that they have the same covenant that you do. The devil knows that if they didn't speak your language, you wouldn't be vulnerable. But because they spoke your language and because they provided a lap when your head was tired, you thought it was a safe place and lay your head in the enemy's lap. And there she's speaking his language, but she does not have his custom. She's after his hair. And she lays him in the lap and she begins to bring in another Philistinian man to shave his head and Samson loses his hair. She shaved him because she had raped him of the covenant before she ever put a razor on his head and he lost his hair as an outer sign of losing his inner fortitude. Sometimes you lose stuff because you lost the most important thing on the inside and the stuff shattering on the outside is only a sign that you are not who you used to be. They finally got him where they wanted him. They have hated him for over 20 years. He has obstructed them from being able to destroy the Hebrews. He has fought them back. He has judged over Israel. And the first thing they do when they get him, they don't punch him. They don't kick him. They don't stab him. They don't strangle him. They don't handcuff him. They don't tie him up. The very first thing the Philistines do is put out his eyes. Why? Because without a vision... 
without a vision, the people perish. The worst man in the world to get involved with is not a broke man. It's not an illiterate man. It's not a weary man. But a man with no vision is a dangerous thing. A man that has no goals and no drive, not trying to get up, not trying to go anywhere, is a dangerous thing. How can you be a helpmeet to a blind man? I can't help you go no further than you can see. If you can't see it, you can't be it. Ladies, find a man with a vision. And now he's lost his vision. Even in his ordinariness, they couldn't shackle a man with a vision. So they put his eyes out first. Because even without his strength, if he had a vision, they couldn't hold him. <laughs> Don't have no money, but I got a vision. You can't hold me. As long as I got a vision, provision will eventually come along with my vision. Oh, y'all don't hear what I'm saying? Everything in here that got a vision ought to be shouting. If you got a vision, if you got a vision, I say if you got a vision, if you got a vision, the provision is on its way. Tell somebody, say, get ready, 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 get ready. The vision, the vision, the vision, the vision. If you got the vision, the provision is going to come. The provision is going to overtake you. If it's going to overtake you, the vision has to get in front of the provision. You've been saying as soon as I get the provision, I'm going to get the vision. Too late. You got to have the vision before you get the provision. That's why the moment you get the vision, you ought to shout the victory. Because it's a sign that the provision is on its way. I'm going to give you 30 seconds to give God a crazy praise. You got 20 seconds left. You got 15 seconds left. With your last seven suckers, take the roof off this place. Shout like the bills are paid. Shout like the door is open. Shout like the way is made. Shout like the burden is lifted. Shout like the yoke is destroyed. Shout like the healing has come. Shout! So they put out his eyes. <laughs> it was easy to shackle his feet because his vision was gone. Tie up his hands because his vision was gone. Now this bald-headed, fallen priest, fallen judge with no eyes is beaten and shackled and sent to tread at the mill. And he goes to a dark place.
everything God ever used went through a dark place. Abraham got the covenant for Israel while he was in a dark place. Moses spent 40 years on the backside of the desert in a dark place. Jacob stumbles up on the mountaintop and wrestles with an angel because he's in a dark place. Whenever, whenever, whenever you go through a dark place, it doesn't mean that God has left you. It doesn't mean that God is not there. It doesn't mean that God will not bless you. But the dark place is a prerequisite of greatness. You'll never do your greatest task until you've been through a a dark place, a place of guilt, a place of shame, a place of regret, a place of affliction, a place of illness, a place of loneliness a place of despair, a place that lacks joy, a place that's lost its sense of pleasure, a place that's lost its sense of victory. I wonder if there's anybody in here who's ever been in a dark place. I wonder if there's anybody in here who's ever been through a dark place. Have you ever been through a place so dark that you couldn't even smile and you couldn't hold your head up and you thought you'd never be happy again and you thought you'd never smile again do you know what it is to be in a dark place and it's hard to be yourself and everybody wants you to act like everything's okay and they don't understand that mama's in a dark place they don't understand that mama's at her wits in you're normally the life of the party the whole family reunion is built around you but they can't put no weight on you right now because baby girl is in a dark place have you ever been in a dark place and people wanted you to perform like you used to perform but they did not know that you were in a dark place if you've ever been in a dark place you understand that you can't fake it in a dark place you can't pretend when you're in a dark place you get tired of smiling in a dark place David thought yay though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I shall fear no evil well, you're with me in the dark place. Still to come on the Potter's Touch. There's no way you can go through the kind of stuff that you just went through and come out the same person that you were before. Anytime you go through a mighty battle, you don't come out the same man. You come out with a different commitment, a different tenacity, a different attitude, a different spirit. You can't fight off cancer and come back and be the same person. You can't fight off sickness and disease and come back and be the same person. You can't lose your house and your car and come back from it and still be the same person. You can't go through a crisis and divorce and come out and still be the same person. If you've ever been in a dark place, you were growing. My eyes may be out. My back may be bent. My vision may be frayed. You may have cut my hair. You may have even shaved my head. 
but you made a mistake when you left the hair follicles in my scalp because as long as I got a root I said as long as I got a root I don't know who I'm preaching to but the Lord told me to tell you to pray them for your roots pray them for what you got left pray them for where you came from pray them for what's still down inside of you because God said he's going to take that root and pull you out of your dark place this message is a sign to you pack your stuff get your bags together for the enemy that you see today you shall see it no more God said you're going to grow out of your dark place and your latter day shall be greater than your former day somebody in here give God a crazy praise right now right now right now did you hear me I said give him a praise right people tell them I'm growing in the dark I'm growing I'm growing in the dark my prayer life is growing my faith is growing my commitment is growing my tenacity is growing my power is growing my praise is growing my staying power is growing I'm tougher than I used to be I'm stronger than I used to be I'm better than I used to be devil you should have caught me before my roots started growing I'm gonna get my testimony back I'm gonna get my joy back I'm gonna get my victory back shout yes yes shout yes shout yes Samson did not know that his hair was growing back. Wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. But it's not about the hair. It's about the heart. So what makes the hair grow is the heart. Watch this. The heart of the matter is the soul of the matter. The hair of the matter it's the prosperity of the matter I wish above all things that you prosper and be in good health as your so the sign that my soul is prospering is all of a sudden I'm gonna start getting signs on the outside and when I first start getting it I'm not gonna see it but I cannot grow on the inside and not grow on the outside if you see me growing on the outside it's only a sign that I'm growing on the inside Oh, do you hear what I'm saying to you? I'm almost finished. So they came down there in the dungeon, in the dark, where the blind man had been living. And they brought him out 
to make sport of him, to make fun of him, because they did not see the blessing in the dark. They did not know the growth in the dark. They did not know that the same one they put in is not the same one that came out. He looked the same, but he wasn't the same. There's no way you can go through the kind of stuff that you just went through and come out the same person that you were before. Anytime you go through a mighty battle, you don't come out the same man. You come out with a different commitment, a different tenacity, a different attitude, a different spirit. You can't fight off cancer and come back and be the same person. You can't fight off sickness and disease and come back and be the same person. You can't lose your house and your car and come back from it and still be the same person. You can't go through a crisis and divorce and come out and still be the same person. If you've ever been in a dark place, you were growing in the dark. And they brought him out to make sport of him. And they brought him out. And he didn't have no eyes. But he had strength. And he couldn't see. But he had power. And so they brought him out. And whenever God gets ready to use you, he will always give you what you don't have. So watch this. God gave him a little boy. The little boy doesn't have the strength, but he's got the eyes. Samson doesn't have the eyes, but he's got the strength. And God said he's going to bring you out by partnering with somebody who's got what you don't have. Shonda Bokoshaya. The Lord told me to tell you, don't worry about what you lost. He's going to send somebody who's got what you lost. And they're going to lead you to the right spot. And you will have a strength that you never had before. And he said, if any two of you agree as touching anything on earth, it shall be done. Samson couldn't get the victory in the dungeon because he didn't have anybody to touch and agree with. But the Lord said, in this season of your life, he's gonna bring somebody to touch and agree with you. And your latter day shall be greater than your former day. And the enemy that you see today, you shall see them no more. Take a sudden, give God a praise for what he's about to do. Praise him. Praise him. I hope you've been blessed by that message today, that it has spoken to your heart. Maybe there are contradictions in your life, and maybe you've made some, some problems that you think are so horrific that God cannot use you. But I've got news for you. God is not finished with you yet. He can still be glorified in your life. You need
and God is going to use them to show you where to put your hands. You've been working like a dog, but you haven't been effective because you haven't put your hand on the right spot. But God used a little boy to show Samson where to put his hands. I don't know what you need God to do, but God said he's about to lead you to the spot. And when you put your hands on this, everything that's been standing up in your life, it's gonna come down. As promised, I'm here to pray with you because I really believe with all of my heart that God is going to pick you up and move you out of your situation and take you to the place in him that he wants you to go. Just, just pray this prayer. Say, Lord, I need your direction. I've made some mistakes along the way. Forgive me for my mistakes and move me into my miracles. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, you and I have prayed together. We've touched and agreed, as it were. And I believe that God heard us when we prayed. If you believe it too, let me hear from you. Any word from you encourages me to keep on doing what I'm doing. And thank God with me for the many partners around the world who help. They're giving their contributions, some large, some small. But it makes a huge difference, a huge difference. Because they send it in love, they bathe it in prayer. We're able to use it to get much done in the kingdom of God. Thank you for your love and support. Keep on doing it. And those of you that haven't, let me hear from you. It's time now. God's beginning to bless you. It's time. Man up, woman up. Get behind this vision. I want to hear from you now. Have a blessed week.